Welcome to the Law Firm Growth Podcast, where we share the latest tips, tactics, and strategies for scaling your practice from the top experts in the world of growing law firms. Are you ready to take your practice to the next level? Let's get started. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Law Firm Growth Podcast. I'm your host, Jan Roos, and we are here today with Chris Small. So I've been really excited to speak with Chris. Initially found Chris through his podcast, The Unconventional Attorney, but he's been doing a lot of really interesting stuff, putting some great content out there. In addition to doing some education for attorneys, he also runs his own firm, CMS Law Firm out of Washington, and he's been taking a really interesting approach to stuff. So I'm super excited to have him on. So thanks for coming on, Chris. I am super excited to be here. Thanks for having me. All right. So we like to get started over here with kind of taking a look at how you ended up getting here. So you mind telling us how you got into law and how you kind of ended up getting to the unconventional attorney? Sure. So let's see. I got into law because I was a psychology major in college and I hated statistics. And so when I was graduating from college, I had two options in my mind, law school or, you know, go to go get my master's or whatever in psychology because I hated statistics and everybody was like, Oh, you'd be a great attorney. And I thought they were cool, right. And sexy and all these things. I was like, let's go do this law thing. And so went to law school, went to university of Kansas undergrad, went to university of Kansas law school and got a job out of school working for a small firm. I'll give you the short, the quick version here, but uh, about five years after that moved to Seattle, my wife got a job out here and I made a deal with her that I could open a law firm when I moved out here. That was in 2009, 2008, 2009. Moved out here in 2008, took the bar exam, opened in 2009. As I was studying for the bar exam and sort of getting ready to this firm, I was looking around for resources on how to start a law firm. And it was like, buy a postage meter and hand out business cards and sort of back up a little bit. I had been working at a government job, a lawyer, government attorney job. So I had time on my hands. I got into internet marketing and SEO and things like that, like back in the day when it was sort of like, you could do some sneakier things. And so I was really turned on by the idea of internet marketing and sort of direct advertising. And I thought that just everybody that I was reading that were attorneys were kind of in the stone age when it came to marketing. And so when I started my firm, I started a blog about starting a law firm. I didn't have any intention of charging anybody for any information or doing anything. I just really wanted to kind of document my experience to provide people with some helpful information as they were starting out on their journey, because I just was sort of appalled by the lack of information out there. And I'm very similar to you. You know, we sort of were talking right before we got on here. I definitely come from an abundance mindset where I'm trying to just share everything I can. You know, the fact is, and you know, this 99% of the people that listen to this podcast right now are going to hear this and they're not going to do anything anyway. So I give them the golden formula and they just, they're not going to do anything. So I started sharing everything. And then people just started reaching out to me and asking for help. And I am very process driven. So I had all these processes created, all these ideas created, all this content created. And so I sort of started bundling it up and teaching people. And that has sort of now morphed into what is today sort of the unconventional attorney sort of brand. All right. Awesome. And that's a super helpful start to this whole thing. So I was just thinking, so, you know, we've got the conventional attorneys out there and I think a lot of people know that script, you know, you kind of pound the pavement at your BNI meetings, hand out the business cards and that sort of thing. Obviously things have changed a little bit since, you know, 2009 for sure. When, when you got started with this, what would you say are kind of the things that are working the best for you and the people you've been working with these days? Yep. So for me, so I will say this in full disclosure, I have some 
network relationships with people, but I have like two of them. I don't do any networking. I don't do BNI. I don't do any of that stuff. I don't like it. I think it's, it doesn't make me feel good. So the networking that I try to do, I just try to meet cool people. We don't even talk shop. It's no quid pro quo. I don't keep track of who sends me what. I don't keep track of anything I send to anyone. I just like to hang out with cool people and talk business when it comes to networking. I also do run very, very limited Google ads for my probate practice only. It's sort of the, for me, the estate planning has been, there's not enough urgency or enough good clients for me coming from Google to really go in that direct response space. But for probate, there definitely is. So I'd run a little bit of probate ads, Google ads, but then 90% probably of my clients come from content, even probate clients. I create Facebook live video every day where I basically answer a question, a state planning or a probate question. Typically, it's a question that a potential client or a client has asked me throughout the day. And I've been doing that. I don't do it every day, like religiously, but I've been doing it consistently for since I opened this firm, which is in 2016, probably three times a week. And just people just come in. My calendar just fills up and everybody tells me, I saw your videos and you sound just like your videos. You look just like your videos. And I tell them, that's the point. And so what really allows videos in this, even audio to be great, like right now, you get a chance to sort of hear who I am, right? You get a chance to see and feel who I am personally. You get to hear me mess up. You get to hear me inflection in my voice. You get to hear that I know what I'm talking about. And that really builds trust for people in an area where it's hard to differentiate one person from another. So that's what I do. Yeah. And that's really important stuff. And again, to kind of like circle back on a little bit of the stuff that we're talking on the pre-call, it is pretty interesting because I feel like a lot of the education out there for attorneys, at least, is very, very, you know, SEO focused keywords. And I'm actually going to borrow a term from a previous podcast guest on there's just kind of a difference between good day attorneys and bad day attorneys, right? So, you know, if you're the kind of person who, if you're a you know, personal injury attorney, a lot of the times Google's perfect for that because, you know, you don't really care about a piece of content that that you've seen two weeks ago when you just got hit by a car, you know, you're going to go ahead and Google that. But for a decision like planning for, you know, the wealth and the estate of you and your family, you know, that's a decision that people generally aren't making over time. And I have to say also from running a couple campaigns on the Google side, as far as the, you know, what people generally consider the purview of trust and estate, probate's definitely the uh, bad day lawyer flavor of those practice yeah. areas. Coincidentally, would actually, have, well, not coincidentally at all, but <laughs> uh, what we've seen working for the best at AdWords as well. well. I want to say one thing though, real quick about the SEO stuff, because they're actually, I get a ton of Google search traffic. I just don't do PPC. And where my Google search traffic comes though is every day I answer a question that someone has asked and essentially every day someone finds me by typing that exact question into Google and my video pops up number one. I'm more of a long tail SEO than a like a Seattle probate attorney SEO sort of a flavor. Does that make sense? Yeah. So every day I'm answering questions and they just keep popping up. And what happens though is once they see one video, they often just get sucked in and they'll watch a bunch, you know? And so I have clients, I have personal injury attorneys, I have divorce attorneys, I have criminal defense attorneys that employ these strategies and are having tremendous success because people are searching for like that traditional PPC stuff, but they're also looking for answers to just these sort of like one-off random weird questions. And so you have a chance to get in there as well. 
that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's kind of interesting too, because you're kind of opening my mind a little bit on you know the different practice areas this could apply for. Because, you know, of course, I would consider the state law like kind of one of the more potentially, you know, there's all these different esoteric avenues that you could go, like, you know, what are you going to do for property management or if you have foreign assets or you name it? And like a lot of people just think of personal injury as personal injury, but like, you know, what if you're the guy who specializes in you know, scooter accidents or you name it, right? I could see that being a kind of interesting avenue to get the content ideas together. I want to dig into something a little bit more. So you mentioned recording video answers on this. So you mind telling us a little bit about why you do that and how it's been working out for you? I record video answers. Yeah, for like for the long tail keyword stuff. So why not as opposed to blog posts, for example? Because it's simple. I can do it in five minutes and I just have to talk. It's things that you already know. The other thing too is what you don't get with the blog post is you don't get your face on a video, right? You don't have your voice that people can hear. And, you know, not everyone wants to see a video or your audio, but in my experience, the number of people that would rather watch a video or listen to something is significantly higher than someone that wants to read an answer on a blog post. So that's what I do. Yeah, and I just follow. So the thing is too is, one of the reasons why I can sort of call myself the unconventional attorney is because I really consider myself an attorney second and a business owner first. And I love the internet marketing space. I love direct response. I love marketing in general. So I run around with a lot of people that are doing a lot of stuff outside the legal industry. And so I get a chance to sort of hear a lot of stories and see a lot of data that's working for people outside of our industry. And I just use that for what I'm doing and video is just killing it, you know, for everybody. Content, audio too. Audio too is big. So that's why. Yeah. And also, you know, taking five minutes as opposed to an afternoon to get something up and running is probably good. I definitely would say like, you know, in addition to kind of the benefits you're talking about earlier, as far as people being familiar with you and your face and your voice, I feel like there's definitely, if it's not everyone today, it's at least a group of people that, you know, I had a situation where I was looking to fix my coffee machine the other day and like, you know, I don't want to be like reading text while I do that. Just show me how to do it and I'll follow along. It's the same thing for legal problems. It's tough because unless you're trying to really go after a super, super high type of clientele, the number of abbreviations that you have after your name and the school that you went to, it typically matters less for people. They're really just looking for somebody that they can trust, that they believe knows what they're doing, you know? And, you know, there's no better way to demonstrate that and demonstrate who you are than through this medium. Like that's why podcasts are awesome, right? That's why people probably listen to your podcast, the same thing. They get to sort of get into and experience people in a way that you just can't with a blog post. Yeah. And I wanted to actually dig in on something a little bit that you just mentioned. So, and this is kind of one of the things I've heard, and this is stuff that I've heard on, you know, stuff like Facebook groups with attorneys and um, potentially talking with prospects and stuff. This whole idea that some of the best clients will only come from other referrals. I would say, you know, you know, you're practicing a state law. There's obviously a big difference between somebody who has a huge estate to protect and somebody who just needs a simple will. Do you think this kind of marketing that you're doing is able to get super high net worth clients? Maybe, maybe not Rockefeller's. But what would you say in response to the idea that all the good clients are coming through networking? So I guess I'll say this. It depends. I think when you get to super high net worth clients, what you're going to find is they're going to be relying on people or they are going to already have people in place anyway. They're going to use the people that their friends use and that they've seen that work. I mean, we're talking about super high net worth. But I've had people come in off the street that have $20 million estates that found me on, on the internet. You know, so I don't know if you would consider that's not super high net worth in the estate planning world, but that's not, you know, you're not 
sleep on the couch for that. You can yeah. still, you can, you can eat dinner, you know, yeah. but you can, but even that, what I would say is this, if I was going to go after, and that's not my client tell you, that's why the, my content doesn't go that route, but you definitely could, because what your content does is, let's say you're going to go high net worth. What you do is you create this content that's centered around the questions and the issues that high net worth people are seeing. And what happens is the high net worth people themselves, they don't see your content, but you know who does see your content? Their financial advisor, their accountant, right? Their trust manager, their wealth management person. All the people that are in their circle that they rely on see that content because those are the questions that they're asking. Those are the things that they're looking for. And so you do get the referral in the long run because someone's seen your content, right? So I've had financial planners reach out to me from New York. I'm in Seattle, from Minnesota, from Arizona, from all over the place. And they want to find out how we can do business together. And I always tell them, I can't help you. You know, A, I don't service your high-end clients, but B, I'm not licensed to there, so I can't help you anyway. But that's how that works. You will tap into those, the people that are actually caring about the things that you're talking about and then referring their clients to that. Because like, you know, if you're worth a hundred million bucks, you don't care about, you know, some grantor trust, right? You don't care how this is all set up. You're just like, hey, I want to pay less money, right? I want to make sure my kids don't burn it all or whatever, whatever you care about. And then your people tell you, okay, this is what you should do. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. I hate to seem like I'm poking holes in the networking thing because I'm also a recovering uh, <laughs> recovering business card hander outer. But yeah, I mean, it's kind of interesting to see because you know it works into the same kind of principles that a lot of people will exclusively use networking to get clients for. You're getting into those same relationships. And at the end of the day, if you're somebody who's proven expertise, you know, is it going to be because you've seen somebody at a happy hour every couple of weeks or because you know that this person can do a good job and they've demonstrated it through expertise, which is ultimately what the content seems to be doing for these kind of situations. So you've got the content. Now, what's something you really start to do with it? I mean, like, obviously I don't want to get into like the nitty gritty of, you know, how to record a video on your iPhone or something like that. But what does somebody potentially do? And like, where do you think people should be distributing this and and trying to get this out there? and, And how would somebody go about doing that? So the, what I do is I'll tell you, so my quick and dirty process so I do a Facebook live video every day. Okay. Pretty much. You don't, and it's about five minutes long. I literally answer just one question, one specific topic, short and sweet. I don't ever script anything. I literally just turn the camera on. If you practice your intro enough, it gets ingrained. I could do it in my sleep. Once that's done, then I send it to, I will post it on YouTube. Okay. I'll post it on my website. The audio gets stripped out and becomes a podcast. I caption the video and I do the caption video on LinkedIn and Instagram stories. And then I'll chop up the video if possible. If you're doing these short videos, it's harder into little snippets. And then you can put those on Instagram as well. And that the idea is just to sort of be everywhere. And there's some software that you can use that allows you to do this relatively simply. But I'm a big process guy. So I've just created these processes that do all this very, very quickly. So that's sort of what I do. Every day I pull one up. And it just goes all over the planet, basically. Yeah, that sounds really straightforward. And I feel like a lot of the issues that people have uh, with, with getting started on this stuff, it's like, it's never like, you know, I feel the most part of you know, there's people who are camera shy or, you know, you name it. But I feel like a lot of this stuff is really just kind of hiding the not wanting to actually have to figure all this stuff out. But like, really, when you get the process started out, it's kind of just add water, isn't it? Like, you know, no one can answer a question of someone to walk up to you at a, you know, a dinner party and ask you about some issue that pertained to your practice. Like, you know, you wouldn't have any problem talking about that for two or three minutes. What I find you're right. The technology, which is actually not that hard, does hold a lot of people back. It actually, what I often 
prevents them from doing is getting the sort of the full exposure that they can. But what I have found, because I've talked to tons of law firm owners about this stuff, I'm always telling them to make content. What really stops them is they're afraid of what their peers are going to say if they make a video like this, right? Because it's not edited, it's raw. You're in your office, you're just talking to the camera. It's not sexy. And your answers are often not like super legal because you're talking to your potential clients. You're not talking to a colleague and like diving into some random statute or case. Like you're talking about like, what's a will? A will, you know, gives your stuff to your family. These are the kind of answers that you give. And I think a lot of people are nervous and afraid of being judged by their colleagues for creating a video like that. And I think that stops a lot of people is fear. Some people think they look bad in a video and things like that, but they're really afraid of catching that flack. And you'll get some of that too, by the way. I'm not saying that that's what won't happen, but you know, it just, you just have to ask yourself, do you want to have a good life? Do you want to have good clients? Or do you want to look good, you know, when you go to a bar association meeting, you know, is basically the question people have to ask. So yeah, is being the coolest guy at the bar association meeting uh, paying your office rent next month? I think that's, right. that's a question too. Okay, switching gears a little bit. I noticed one of the things that you've spoken about in a couple of your materials, Chris, is anti-fragile mindset. And I'm guessing that's coming from Nicholas and Steve Taleb, right? Yep. So could you tell me about how that kind of applies into your whole vision of like, you know, how you're marketing and practicing your law firm? Yeah, I mean, it really, so for me, it's, it, and it kind of goes back to what I was just talking about. You know, I think where I've gained the most with my business is not been finding some cool strategy or some cool tactic that's going to get me more clients. It's been specifically and intentionally building up a strong mindset and a strong approach to life that allows me to do these things that will often face some sort of ridicule or some pushback or even some internal resistance. And to be able to, as you know, the anti-fragile sort of philosophy goes is to not just sort of weather them and get through them, but actually to make you stronger and to make you come out better. And so a lot of stuff I talk about on my podcast, I do talk about some marketing stuff and some strategy, but a lot of it is like, Hey, you can do this. Like you need to push through, you know, this is going to be hard and be okay with it. Right. You need to look internally for validation, look internally for your motivation and not look outside, right? These kinds of things. And the people that I've worked with that I've had the biggest strides have been able to create a strong mindset and sort of internally define success in a way that allows them to do whatever it is that they want and also take their firm wherever they want as well. You know, like not everybody wants a million dollar law firm. A lot of people just want to be able to live a good life or take a great vacations, go to all their kids' activities and, you know, go on party every once in a while. So that's okay too. But for a lot of people, if they're not grinding 60 hours a week and telling, you know, all their friends how hard they're working, they feel like they're not doing it right. And so that's what that anti-fragile mindset's really about is just being able to stand up and be yourself and be okay with that. That's really what it's about. And in addition to like how much of this, I mean, it keeps coming back because even if this example that we were talking about earlier with the YouTube thing, it's like, you know, no one actually has trouble recording a five minute video. It's, you know, putting yourself out there that ends up really being scary about this. Do you think it's really just a decision that people have to make or, you know, once they've made that decision that they want more out of their life or their practice, you know, what else could somebody do to kind of help solidify that on a day-to-day basis? You have to just start making those small choices, right? I mean, it's like what I tell people when I talk to them is you just have to ask yourself a relatively simple question. You know, like, do I really want the things that I'm talking about, right? Do I really want to have this life that I think I want? There's a path to get there. It's been proven over and over again. And the way to get there is uncomfortable. 
That's why not everybody has a successful law firm because not everybody is actually willing to do the things that they need to do. And then you need to just start doing those things. I have a quarterly mastermind meeting that I have people come to and not every time, but the last few times, I literally, we talk about creating content and then I tell everybody, congratulations, we're all making a video right now. And I don't let anybody not do it. Everybody makes a video and the times that we've done it, you know, we usually have like 10 or 15 people. There'll be three, two, three, four people that get a client by the end of that day from making one video. And I think once you begin to take those tiny steps, I honestly, once you start to make these videos and you see that nobody really cares, that nobody's really listening, that your colleagues are secretly envious of you because they wish they could do that and either they can't because they have somebody holding them back at their firm or they're too scared to do it on their own. Once you start to see that you're not receiving all that negative feedback you thought you were, the world's not falling. And then once you, again, I tell you what, once you get that first client, like it's on, you know, like there's no better positive reinforcement than somebody saying, I saw your videos. That's why I'm here. And you're like, I'm in, you know, and that's kind of what it's about. I've had attorneys that have been making videos consistently go to court, you know, and the judge comments that they've seen their videos. And these are just the kinds of things that you get from here. And you just have to do it, right? I mean, we're, you, I don't know. At the end of the day, you can only be so motivating. You just have to go do something at some point. Put your big boy pants on, your big girl pants on, and just go do the thing. Yeah. It's like you got the valley of doubt before you get that first piece of validation back from the real world. But once you get that, it's going to be self-sustaining. That's right. Yeah. I'm really stoked about this. And just, you know, just to kind of capitalize on this momentum a little bit, if anyone's been thinking about this, listening to this conversation saying, this is, you know, I want to kind of just take the first step, like, let's get started. Do you have any sort of content or anything that you could direct people towards to maybe enacting something like this today? Yeah. So, I mean, you can always, gosh, there's a tremendous number of podcast episodes that I have. So you'd have to poke around. I've created this group called The Sanctuary that has all my content sort of in course form step-by-step step, screenshots, how to do all this stuff, how to make a video, how to, how to distribute it and all that kind of stuff. It's called the sanctuary. You can always go check that out. If you go to the unconventional attorney.com forward slash sanctuary, it's there. You can always just come find me somewhere and ask me about it. It's there. And then that's where I would start. You know, I do some other stuff, but if you're not already creating content, there's just nothing else to do. Here's the other thing too about content. I can't talk about this enough. You have to imagine that right now creating one piece of content is like putting a stake in the ground in the wild, wild west. And the thing is, you don't get to just have one plot of land. You have an unlimited number of stakes. And every time you make a video, you put another stake in sort of the internet real estate ground and you're taking up one more piece of property from some other attorney out there that's going to wait a year or two years or three years before they start making content. Because pretty soon everybody's going to be doing it. There's no way that they're not going to be able to. And the longer you wait, the harder it is. So there are tremendous resources out there. I've got a lot of step-by-step -step stuff. My podcast talks about it. But the best thing that you can really do is take out your phone, record a video, and put it up there, and then go from there, right? You can't. And I'll give you a quick framework right here. I'll give everybody just one easy way to do it, a quick script, okay? It's so simple. Part one, intro. Hey, this is Christopher Small with CMS Law Firm. Today, we're going to talk about blank, okay? Number two is an offer. You always want to give people a way to contact you, okay? You can do this just by sending them someplace on your website. The easier thing to do, though, is get a vanity URL that you say every time. So for me, I say, if you want to talk more, go to estatemeeting.com, okay? Number three, tell a story. Today's questions come from a potential client meeting that I have, blah, 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 right? 
Number four, make the point. Tell the thing. Here's what a will does, blah, blah, blah. Number five is one more offer. Reminder, if you want to talk more, if this sparks some questions, you know, estatemeeting.com. And number six, outro. Once again, I'm Christopher Small with CMS Law Firm. I say we do probate, we do estate planning. Thank you for your time. See ya. Okay, so make a video, put it out there. It's not rocket science. Come to me and I'll help you get it all over the internet. But you have to be able to do it consistently. And you just have to want it, you know? That's it. Where's the best place for people to reach out, Chris? And um, you know, just stuff about your, your podcast or anything else like that. And I'll have this in the show notes I mean, for anyone who's listening. Yeah, I mean, theunconventionalattorney.com will get you everywhere you need to go. You can just Google me too. I mean, I've created so much content. I'm basically, I'm everywhere. So theunconventionalattorney.com is probably a good place to go. If you need to want to email me or reach out, I'm on Facebook. I'm on Instagram. I'm on, what else is there? I'm not on Twitter really, but Instagram, Facebook for sure. Okay. Awesome. So guys, definitely make sure to take advantage of that. If you can hear speaking with Chris, you know, to solidify the point from really in the podcast, this is what he's like. So feel free to reach out. And then, you know, that's another benefit of doing this kind of social sort of thing. So yeah, thanks again, Chris. I super appreciate the time. Very, very actionable advice towards the end there. Highly encourage anyone to take advantage of that. If it's something that sounds intriguing and thanks again. Yeah. Thank you, man. I really appreciate it. Have fun. All right. Awesome. All right. This has been the Law From Growth Podcast, guys, and your host, Yonners. We'll talk again next week. Thank you for listening to the Law Firm Growth Podcast. For show notes, free resources, and more, head on over to casefuel.com slash podcast. Looking forward to catching up on the next episode.